1: come what me. if the word of god says it i believe it
0: and that's the way it is and now here is janet mefford Welcome, everybody. Great to have you with us. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are there is no God. That's what the Bible has to say about pride. But the world is all about celebrating pride this month, the sexually immoral kind. We're not even a week into pro-homosexual, pro-lesbianism, pro pro trans. Transgender Pro Extended Acronym Pride Month. And I don't know about you, but I'm completely over it. No matter how many rainbow flags they fly or celebrations they throw or media coverage they drown us in, there is no denying that our nation is deep into celebrating behavior that God has clearly called sinful and wicked. And as my next guest asks, is the LGBT movement... Now, America's religion? It's an interesting question. And there's a lot to discuss about what's been going on. One thing is for sure more than ever before, Christians have to stand on God's inerrant word this month and every month, speaking the truth in love, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, and praying for the salvation and godly deliverance of those who are caught up in the sin of homosexuality or the delusion of transgenderism. It's a spiritual battle, but we are here to stand in the evil day. And so we're going to talk about it this hour with people. Peter LaBarber, president of Americans for Truth, about homosexuality. As always, Peter, wonderful to have you with us. Thanks,
1: Janet. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: All right, let's talk about Pride Month. I know we do this from time to time uh, each year. We talk about Pride Month, uh, what's going on this year. You and I were talking about this, though, and you had had a really good insight, I thought, about whether or not we've reached the point in this nation where the LGBT ideology amounts to a kind of religion in a way that even abortion hasn't achieved. And I thought that was a really interesting insight. Would you share a little bit about that with listeners?
1: Yeah, as we were talking about today, I mean, I really think earlier, um, it it, it seems that the support, uh, let's just say the societal support for all things uh, LGBTQ and the Q stands for queer, um, it seems to have exceeded even societal support for abortion, on demand, in other words, of course there's a, a a large feminist movement and a large segment of society still regards abortion as a choice and uh, and all that but lgbtq it it seems like so many people, including a lot of Christians, are reluctant to take it on, Janet, and that's what scares me. It's become this sort of uh, whether you, even if you are, uh, maybe a lot of people want, would like to, you know, express their disagreement. They're just afraid, but they are the ones who have all the power in the society. When you look at the corporate world, the media world, the academic world, everywhere you turn, pro-LGBTQ, um, and uh, yet what we know as believers. Uh, and and people who just read the Bible, um, it doesn't make it right. And I was thinking today, I was reading the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, and you know, uh, Sodom would have had a you know a lot of uh, uh, would have had a well attended gay pride parade, I think, in Sodom. Oh wow! <laughs> so it doesn't matter how many people support it; it has no bearing. On whether it's right.
0: Well we have talked about before the idea that we went from having to tolerate to having to celebrate and it seems to me that Uh, There are a number of people, at least uh, anecdotally, who are getting tired of all of this dogma being shoved down our throats all the time. And I mean, I think this goes along with your religion theory. You have certain rituals, you have certain things you might be able to call sacraments, you have certain holidays, and you have certain dogma all under this headline of LGBT ideology. I mean, what do you see as some of the religious aspects of this ideology and the effects that it's having on people's minds and brains and souls?
1: Yeah, and, it let, and it's good you said the word propaganda, because this is a propaganda campaign. And uh, I think one illustration of how far it's gone, and hopefully it's not too late, I mean, is the fact that they are now so brazenly pushing it on children. And I think one of the failures of Christians and conservatives looking back in, in uh, fighting this issue is that we let them indoctrinate children. It began, believe it or not, Janet, it's been more than, I think, 30 years now since Heather Has Two Mommies, and Daddy's Roommates. Remember those children's books? Oh, yeah. They were an outrage at the time, and yet now, I guess we're going to be talking about it, you know, I just watched a video with Blue's Clues, which my kids watched, a little cartoon show, um, brazenly promoting not just homosexuality and transsexuality, but pansexuality. I think there was some other ism or orientation, which I hadn't even heard of in there. I don't know. I mean, it's just so brazen. And... I think that falls on the adult. If you allow the children to be indoctrinated, I mean that is sort of like a religion. You're you're saying this is so accept, this is so non-controversial that even even teaching homosexuality to the children is acceptable. And of course they they teach a uh, uh, they orient it in a way that is non-sexual. So they make it all about the colors and the parades, which which is essentially seducing children into you know, propagandizing them into accepting of this wonderful lifestyle that has parades has nothing to do with what it actually is about, which is sexual immorality, sexual perversion. Um, but even that they're, they're starting to teach because they're, you know, they're going to be teaching uh, about, you know, kids to be open to the idea of homosexual sex, etc. So it's, you know, a society that lets that happen to children is a society that, in my mind, is begging for God's judgment.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you know, I was thinking about this as you were saying all of that. Maybe what we're talking about now in religious terminology is we have LGBT catechism class and we have LGBT (laughs) confirmation. We have confirmation for kids. Go through your LGBT confirmation class. Okay, kids, repeat back to me. Love is love. Love always wins. I mean, yeah. Honestly, when they talk about how Christians supposedly indoctrinate their children, uh, they're not ones to talk. They, they're so like, far beyond any anywhere we ever were. And, and the, the, the contrast is very stark because what we are teaching our children is the truth of God's word, who is holy. God is holy and perfect and just and without any blemish or sin or spot. I mean, it couldn't be further away from what they're indoctrinating kids to believe today. It's insane.
1: Right, and yet, if God is no respecter of persons, then God is no respecter of nations. And no matter how much we talk about America being exceptional, I mean, if we are the leading, the the, the world's leading purveyor of of uh, you know of uh, propaganda in support of sexual immorality, and in this case, deviant sex person, de- deviant sexual uh, immorality, then you know, we're, we're asking for God to judge us. And I think, but another point I think to remember on all this, Janet, is if you have to work this hard to say something is good and I'm proud of it and how wonderful it is, then it's it's sort of also an indication of how wrong it is. Look at how hard they work. It's, it's not even subtle anymore. All the corporations and the, even the kids' cereals and the Legos and yeah. everything, you know, and I guess, you know, the thing is, if we were, if we, some people think we still are a Christian nation. If we're a Christian nation, why are we allowing this to go forward without a big pushback? Whereas we are seeing the pushback on life on abortion, we're not seeing as much. We're, we're starting to see it on transgenderism, of course. But the sad thing is, Janet, I think you might agree, many people have already given up on homosexuality, and they won't even hardly talk about that anymore. It, they only talk about transgender stuff.
0: Yeah, they not only have given up in the church, but they're getting revoiced. I mean, must we go there again? We see what has been going on for the last couple of years where you have these very uh, seductive voices who sound good and they talk about God and they talk about the gospel and they are insinuating into the church this idea that you can somehow be a gay Christian. You can somehow reconcile homosexuality with God's design for male and female, which we know is an utter lie. And I think there are more and more and more people in the church i won't necessarily call them christians but people in the church who are falling for this nonsense it's why you and i and others fought so hard against revoice when that first came out and did our god's voice conference but i want to talk about the history one thing on that janet hang on okay we'll we'll let the suspense carry people through (laughs) peter (laughs) la with us we're going to come back talking about pride month stay with us Hi, this is Janet Mefford. Did you miss the deadline to sign up for a healthcare program at the end of 2020? If so, I have good news. A special enrollment period is taking place now through August 15th. Meaning that if you're looking to enroll in a new healthcare program for 2021, you can do so without the need for a qualifying event. More than 200,000 Americans trust Liberty HealthShare for their healthcare needs. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that offers affordable healthcare sharing programs, starting as low as $199 per month. Liberty HealthShare gives you the ability to choose any doctor or hospital across the nation. Memberships are for individuals, couples and families, offering a variety of options to best suit your medical needs. Discover more about the power of sharing at libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT today. For more information, call 855-585-4237, 855-585-4237, or libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. Fellow Christians are suffering in Africa. This is Janet Mafford. Pastor Lumo ministers in Mozambique near the Indian Ocean. He's been beaten and jailed many times, not merely for what he believes, but for how he lives out his faith. You see, Lumo has been quietly and faithfully sharing the gospel with Muslims, and many are coming to Christ. But extremists have assaulted Lumo, his family, and many in his church. But they're not asking for an end to the persecution they face. Instead, they're praying for God's word to endure and persevere as new followers of Christ. I've seen people, being changed by reading the scripture, giving a Bible to somebody is the greatest gift you can give somebody in life. Through the ministry of Bible League International, you can send God's word to a new believer in Africa. $5 sends one Bible, $100 sends 20. Call now 800 Yes Word. That's 800 Y E S W O R D. Or there's an Open the Floodgates Bibles for Africa banner to click at janetmefford.com. I saw a rather funny tweet the other day talking about Pride Month and asking the question, are we going to have Envy Month? Are we going to have Sloth Month? I don't know if anybody has been so bold as to suggest those things, but it's about as worthy of celebration as Pride, which is when you go back to the beginning of Genesis, we see where Pride got the human race. Peter LaBarbera is joining us from Americans for Truth About Homosexuality, talking a little bit about where the Pride movement is today. Peter, I had mentioned that the problem in the church is you were saying too many Christians have really been asleep at the wheel and not have not been fighting back against the gay movement the way they have fought against the pro-abortion movement, for example. But I, I was making the comment that a lot of them have been revoiced. I mean, we've been dealing with this issue, you and I and some other right. friends of ours for several years now, and you wanted to respond to that.
1: Well, just very simply, and it sort of goes along with you know, what you said about envy pride and sloth pride is just uh, my my principle is substitute another sexual sin or any sin for gay, and that basically shoots down revoice. We don't hear people talking about I'm a Christian, but I, I'm a fornicating-oriented Christian, <laughs> or or I'm a drug drug-using-oriented Christian. We don't talk like that. So no. semantics is very, very important. Words you know, drive movements. We've seen that with the homosexual so-called gay movement and so be very careful if you hear somebody you know i'm a same-sex christian i mean it, it because we don't talk about that regarding other sins and janet really quickly with regard to the language i noticed that ap in one of the stories that we i was reviewing to get ready for this interview ap is talking about the, how biden has reversed the trump policy on so-called health care for transgenders and i think it might have been about the military as well um but the but the language they use was it said quote the trump administration had defined sex to mean gender assigned at birth, <laughs> uh, and that's that's the AP's language. And notice how they're mimicking the the LGBTQ propaganda language yes. instead of saying Trump. The Trump administration had defined sex to be biological sex. They say gender assigned at birth, which is you know <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. But the media has gone whole hog in line with you know everything the LGBTQ movement wants. The media does.
0: Well, and they're also lying because what you're basically saying when you're using that phrase, gender assigned at birth, is you're insinuating that a baby is born, whether male or female, looking identical. We all know that's not true. So you're not assigning a sex. You are recognizing a sex based on what body parts that child has, which are commensurate right. with the sex of human beings. I mean, the fact that we have to explain these basic biological truths shows you what a war we're in. Yeah,
1: when, the fact that it's gotten so crazy that we're really in the stage of chaos now. and This is why I'm, yeah. I'm so worried. And I need to pray more and worry less about our, our nation because yes. we're, we're in a stage of advanced chaos. When you see all millions of people saying, my pronouns are, you know, he, him, or in the case, I think Ellen Page, who's the, the actress, female, who now wants is pretending to be a man? She renamed herself Elliot Page. She said her pronouns are, I think she said, he, him, and then they. There. No. How can a single person have plural pronouns? The whole no. thing is just chaos. But let's remember, it all began with the effort, the the, the huge campaign to normalize gay homosexuality. That was the brig, that the big, excuse me, the big dam that broke the you know, that, that energized this entire perversion movement that we're seeing today. It all began with that, you know, 60s and 70s movement to normalize homosexuality.
0: Yeah, and you think about it. It's a war on reality. Truth and reality are not subjectively constructed. If you allow subjective construction of truth and reality, you will never arrive at any truth or any reality will just be pods of 330 million different people with our truths. That's chaos, but it's also a complete breakdown. You cannot have a society like that, much less an individual functioning like that. And and by the way, I'm never going to call somebody they because that's a violation of basic English grammar and on those grounds alone I'm not doing it forget it
1: yeah and yet and yet you'll notice it's never even raised as a controversial issue by the media In the last campaign for president Biden had said some pretty radical things about transgenderism never challenged by the media, and so, you know, I'm reading a book on propaganda by a French writer, and it's fascinating because you see it at work in our culture, these oft-repeated memes that the, the media have become sort of like, you know, the KGB operating, you know, the, the the Soviet press, only it's sort of like a bunch of corporations doing it together, yeah. and they're all so conformist. They're all like, you know, the herd that goes over, you know, they're, they're, they're totally in a herd mentality. If anybody breaks from it, which I guess we might be talking about. Leslie Stahl in 60 Minutes, who, who dared to show the, tr- the detransitioners, the people who have who have tried to go back on their transgender transition and, and reverse it. But, I mean, she's being excoriated because she broke from the herd. It's really a propagandistic, the media is probably the most important part yep. of the entire LGBTQ movement, because they they create this whole propaganda milieu that we're, that we're in.
0: Well, let me give you an example of this. There was a story in Variety, how television networks are celebrating Pride Month in 2021. <laughs> I, I'm old enough to remember when television networks stayed out of celebrating anything. They were just there to report the news, but I digress. There's a, a list here, for example, earlier this week, on one day's programming on the Today Show on NBC. Let me read this for you. On Today, they will cover how Pride celebrations are taking place this year and explore how LGBTQ plus bars across the country are reopening. Throughout the month, guests include the first gay married couple in the U.S., along with some other people talking about their gay experiences. Plus, Today Digital will spotlight LGBTQIA plus trailblazers, including Melissa Etheridge, Wilson Cruz, Lance Bass, Lady Bunny, Haley Kiyoko, and more. I don't even know who half those people are. Today all day, the show's 24-hour streaming channel, this is exciting, will also air a 30-minute <laughs> special featuring important LGBTQIA plus stories, including the Tenacious Unicorn Ranch, which is a safe haven for trans people in Custer County, Colorado. Let me say something oh, I, here. I gotta see that one. You gotta see I that don't... one. But you know what? Here's, here's what this reminded me of. When I went to the Soviet Union as a high school student. Everywhere you looked, there were billboards talking about the glorious revolution and big face pictures of Lenin. And we went to see Lenin's body in Red Square. And it was the glorious revolution and the wonderful and the people are liberated, blah, 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 blah. And one of the kids on our trip turned to the tour guide on our bus and said, if your revolution was so glorious, why do you have to keep shoving it down people's throats? Wouldn't they already know it was glorious? And I thought we're going to end up in a gulag. But then my second thought was, this is what this is what we're going through. It's a glorious revolution. Let me tell you about the Unicorn Ranch. Let me tell you about Ellen Page getting her body parts removed. Isn't this yeah. glorious? No, it's not glorious. It's wicked.
1: Well, you know the problem they have, that's a wonderful analogy, Janet. Just, I'm going to use it from now on. Um, it, it's, the problem they have is that they're a movement that's built on sexual aberration sexual perversion. That's how they started, right? That's what it is. Oh, it's who I am. I'm gay. And this is who who God made me to be. There's early works from some of the early homosexual activists, even trying to justify, you know, a Christianity that's pro-homosexual, which is absurd. But that's how it started. And so this revolution can't really reject any aberration. And so that's why you're seeing now, like you have some gay activists who are a little bit nervous, but because the transgenders are so radical, even more radical, and so more chaotic, and, it's, and they're seeing, so the homosexual activists are saying, wow, these transgenders are going to threaten our revolution, hmm. and so it's sort of the revolution that's now falling all in on itself, and then now you've got the pansexuals, and, the, and there's asexuals, and there's non-binary, and it just keeps going, and because it's all founded on sexual deviance, how can they say anything against other deviances? Right.
0: That's a good point. But like you said, if they feel like their own revolution is going to be uh, out, right. out, outdone by the next aberrant sexuality activist, then they may have an infight. I don't know. Well, Janet, did you know that Barney
1: Frank, the former openly homosexual, I think one of the first openly homosexuals, not the first, but probably the most famous first open homosexual congressman, he was once critical of the transgender movement because it threatened, quote, gay uh, movement. So yeah. yep. we've seen this in the past, but now you've got so the media is just, uh, and, and that's another actual fact. I'm going to interrupt myself because what's also interesting is that the media hardly ever even covers the, the, the disputes even as well as the, the homosexual movement does. In other words, the media is your Soviet propaganda agency, which is just all that matters is affirming LGBTQ. And so if you're a Christian, my, my, my thing would be, and you're trying to say, where do I stand? How do I speak on this issue? Whatever you do, don't think that you're getting a fair picture from anything in the mainstream media and that would go up to Fox News, which um, Fox News does not carry the story of ex gays. Nope. Virtually none of the nope. conservative media carry stories of X gays.
0: Of course not. Here's an example from your friend, uh, AP. The San Francisco Giants will support Pride Month on the field and on their uniforms and caps featuring pride colors in the logo on their game caps along with a pride patch on the right sleeves of their home uniforms making them the first major league team to do so. And they describe the 11 colors represented in the new pride logo are red for life, orange for healing, yellow for sunlight, green for nature, blue for serenity, purple for spirit, and black and brown for LGBTQ plus people of color. What about white? Uh, light blue, pink, and white represent those who are transgender. And then they talk about how extremely proud they are to stand with the LGBT. It's just, again, it's more glorious revolution talk. Why in the world does the baseball team have to have a Pride logo other than, you know, to just push more of this on people? Oh, and they're also going to host a Pride movie night at Oracle Park. Oh, and Janet,
1: what, uh, what about the Christian athletes? No, Obviously, forget them. There's going to be Christians on that ter- on that team. No, nope. we're going to have to don the yep. gay pride flag. They're
0: haters. You just need to get with the program here, Peter. They're homophobes. They're transphobes. They're pride phobes. Just pick a, pick a word and put "phobe" after it and hurl it at the Christian nearest you. And that's where we are. And you know th- this all came about because of how we got the gay ideology and how it got into society the way that it did. We're going to take a look at that. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. This archived broadcast of Janet Mefford Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Well, it is Pride Month, but we have nothing to be proud about. We know that pride goes before destruction and we know what the Lord thinks of pride. We don't have any reason to feel pride and we're fighting against this hedonism in our culture and this celebratory thing over sin. It is just so twisted and it's so backwards and it's so, so wrong. And as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and his word, we have to continue to fight back against it. And Peter LaBarbera is with us talking about this issue of Pride Month. Let me ask you, Peter, just a quick synopsis because I want to get into some of the stuff on the kids and how they're targeting the kids. Can you give people just a very quick overview of Pride Month? How did we get here anyway?
1: Well, it tri- goes back to the early, uh, actually there were homosexual movements uh, led before in the, in the 50s and 60s, but the, the, the gay pride revolution, let's say, began late 60s with uh, Stonewall, of course, which was a homosexual bar in New York that uh, there, it was raided by police, it was mafia owned. That's a whole long story. But but what came out of that essentially were emboldened so called gay radicals. And they would storm, they would they would go into talk shows and they would they would sneak in and they would stand up and interrupt talk shows. Say, what about the homosexuals? And they would get in politicians' faces and it was the the radical in your face gay so called activism that we've gotten used to and, and basically it built and built and they it, over time they won over the media uh because the media basically treated them like a bunch of spoiled children whatever they you know whenever they did something obnoxious the media would say well let's let's talk about that and gradually the media became more and more uh pro-homosexual to the and then of course in other industry, under other uh disciplines as well psychiatry uh psychiatric field was politicized into normalizing homosexuality, which only emboldened the idea of gay pride further and further, and it grew and grew, and then the courts came in, and Janet, since we've known each other, we've seen court decisions that have only uh, emboldened it further, and it has become almost, almost like you said, uh, something that's just part of the American way of life, but we forget that really uh, about less than 50 years ago about 50 years ago janet it was still a taboo in society and this movement was very fledgling and so it goes to show you how propaganda uh works and when societies allow um basically the sin movement to grow and grow. Pretty soon it gets to the point where most people don't think of it as a sin anymore.
0: Right. That's what happens. That was the goal. But, I mean, that was the goal in the first place. When you go back to After the Ball, that that uh, revolutionary uh, communist manifesto sort of book that really kind of kicked off the gay revolution right. in the United States, that was what they said. We want to normalize homosexuality so it's no big deal. Well, they did it. Right. Congratulations. They managed to do it and aided and, right. and, and so abetted by the media. when
1: Americans struck their shoulders at this. Yep. And they and, and just as we might shrug our shoulders today at I don't know, oh pregnant man, yeah, you know, which is of course a, a female who's pretending to be male right. who still has the ability to have a baby. Right. You know, we shrug our shoulders at this stuff, but it just keeps growing and growing and and ultimately gets normalized. And I think it's really Romans 1, and it's the story of the downfall of civilization.
0: Yeah, it really is. Giving us over to a depraved mind. Well, you had mentioned Nickelodeon's Blues Clues and You video features an LGBT parade video uh, featuring a drag queen who was on RuPaul's Drag Race and some of this other stuff. But there's other stuff going on as well. You had mentioned You know, Ellen Page, who was this cute little actress in Juno years ago. That was a movie that a lot of people saw. Now she's having surgery to remove her body parts and everybody is cheering. Didn't she get something like a million likes or, or, you know, thumbs up on social media over that? Who would would put a thumbs up on that? That's sick.
1: I get the people who, it's funny that they call it virtue signaling, isn't it, Janet, when it's the opposite of virtue? Vice. But the the term is virtue signaling. Oh, look. Oh, yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to do a thumbs up, and, and you know that's the problem with social media. Because I remember when my kids were younger, uh, they told me that when a kid would come out as quote gay or now it's pan or something else, polyamorous, uh, invariably there's a lot of likes, and only a very bold and brave kid would dare to say something negative. Usually, they wouldn't say anything at all. And so, it's there's sort of a social media phenomenon in this too, mm-hmm. in that it becomes, uh, you know doing the thumbs up and liking something, it, it becomes the thing to do. And, and it, to be the, the Christian who says no, because God says no to that sin, is becoming, it, it takes more and more guts, and it's kind of sad because it's really, not, it doesn't seem like it should be that big a deal to say, hey, you know, I don't hate you, but uh, it, but it's a sin. You know, homosexual behavior is a sin. There's lots of sins. I, I, I don't struggle with that sin, but I mean, that's a sin. You can't, you can't just declare it not to be a sin. But uh, a lot of people are afraid to say something even like that. You know? Well,
0: of course. I mean, you've dealt with gay activists for years and they come after you on social media all the time. And you know how it goes over when you say something very simple like, I don't hate you. It's just that it's sinful. They don't just take that as, oh, OK, he, right. he's making some kind of objective remark and, you know, we can agree to disagree. No, they go nuts. They go right. nuts when you say that.
1: Right. Exactly. There's you know, no tolerance for dissent.
0: There's no tolerance for dissent. And that
1: takes dissent. us back to your Soviet analogy.
0: Yes. Well, you know something else? When we're talking about the kids, we have talked over the years about companies like Disney and some of these children's channels, Nickelodeon and some others that have really gotten very bold on introducing uh, gay characters, LGBT characters, what have you. But I saw, for example, one of the kids who's been in the news of late is this a very popular children's celebrity, Jojo Siwa, and she used to be a dancer on a popular show called Dance Moms on Lifetime. And she now has come out of the closet, says she's, she I don't know if she says she's gay or she's queer or whatever, but she has a quote unquote girlfriend. Now she says she wants to get into gay pop. Now, can you imagine the influence? She's got millions of kids who love her and go to her shows and, and listen to her videos and things like that. Can you imagine if this kid creates a new genre of gay pop for kids, what kind of influence that could have? I mean, it, there's just no end to the snowball effect of this movement.
1: Yes. And I think that's same with Ellen Page, although your, your example even more so. These people have immense influence, and what we're seeing, to our utter dismay, and shock is that girls are growing up and they're hating their femininity. They're hating their body and they're harming themselves. They're getting mastectomies on healthy breasts. It's unbelievable. But the, the, this this pop culture and this need to be cool and, and maybe this is the thing that's going to make me happy. It's just so tragic when you actually see people mutilating and the parents sometimes go along with it, mutilating their own bodies and, and you know, uh, at some point, I guess maybe when they die, these people are going to have to answer for the, the the perverse influence they've had on countless thousands and millions of people.
0: Well, right. I mean, and it makes you really consider whether or not children should be involved in Hollywood or the entertainment industry, because you do wonder how much influence goes on behind the scenes to be pro LGBT. Certainly, that's an industry that's all about being pro LGBT and celebrating it and putting it in shows and movies all the time. Kids are not going to be immune from that kind of influence.
1: Right. It it just breaks my heart, because we didn't see the truth told about homosexuality. We're not seeing the truth told about transsexuality. I guess we're going to talk about 60 Minutes, but they they got some truth out there. But it's just so sad, because these kids are getting a distorted view of this critically important issue.
0: Well, I did enjoy, for a little bit of of good news here, I did enjoy that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed that law keeping males out of female sports in Florida, and he did it on the first day of Pride Month. (laughs) I I love this guy. I just love this guy. I think this is awesome. But you know what? That's what we need. In addition to having Christians on the front lines, we need brave politicians who will see a lie for what it is and take a stand. I mean, we need 50 governors. 50 governors like Ron DeSantis to be doing what he's doing, because once somebody breaks that barrier, it will give courage, I would think, to other politicians to follow suit.
1: Yeah, and Janet, look at how this issue has developed, and I think this is some good news. <laughs> We're all about the bad news today, it seems, uh, usually when you discuss this issue, but you're right. I mean, uh, remember, the media did not give a fair hearing of this issue during the campaign because they're petrified, because they're the Soviet Union of today with regard to perversion. They you know, they only present one side because they're all about the propaganda, but yet this has gotten out the average Joe and Jane in America understands that it's not fair for biologically stronger, faster, you know, more athletic males to compete in women's sports. They just get it. And I think yep. the same thing is going to happen with regard to these mutilations.
0: Yeah, I hope so. We're going to pause for another break. Peter LaBarber with us. We'll be back on Janet Mufford today after this. Hi, this is Janet Mefford. If you're in need of a new health care program but you missed the open enrollment deadline in December, it's not too late. A special enrollment period is taking place now through August 15th. During this time, you can enroll in the health program of your choice without the need for a qualifying event. This means you can now enroll in a health sharing program from Liberty Health Share with memberships for individuals, couples, and families. You can find a variety of options to best suit your medical needs. Plus, you really can choose the doctor and hospital of your choice. Best of all, membership options start for as low as $199 a month. More than 200,000 Americans trust Liberty HealthShare for their health care needs. What are you waiting for? Discover more about the power of sharing at libertyhealthshare.org slash jmt today. For more information, call 855-585-4237, 855-585-4237, or libertyhealthshare.org slash jmt, libertyhealthshare.org slash jmt. After taking the morning after pill, this mom immediately felt sick and nauseated as she tried to end her pregnancy. While searching for medical care, she found a preborn center where she hoped to rule out that she was pregnant. I had an ultrasound done right then and there. After hearing the baby's heartbeat, I instantly thanked God and said, May your will be done, Lord. I'm seven months pregnant now. I thank God every day for my little miracle. Preborn centers are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in America, introducing moms in crisis to the life growing inside of them and sharing the the gospel in action. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time. Will you join preborn in the cause for life? For $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds and help rescue five babies' lives. To donate, call 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229. All gifts are tax deductible, 855-402-BABY, or there's a preborn banner to click at janetmefford.com. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Speaking of politics and Pride Month, I got to mention a couple of big stories having to do with uh, the furtherance of the rainbow flag in our culture. One has to do with a Supreme Court decision that is imminent on this issue of same sex adoption. And the other has to do with a piece of legislation that New York Senator uh, Kristen Gillibrand announced called the Every Child Deserves a Family Act. And they, they always come up with these names, Peter. But, uh, you know, you have a family. Every person comes into the world with a mom and a dad. That's just the way it is. But anyway, talk about this because the Supreme Court decision is regarding adoption and whether or not you should have the religious freedom as a Christian adoption or foster care agency to say, no, we're not going to give a baby to two guys. That's what this is all about. It looks like the, the, the progressives are poised to pounce with legislation if it doesn't go the right way.
1: Well, I hope it does go the right way, and I hope they're not able to pounce because uh, basically we're hanging on to a, a short uh, filibuster thanks to two Democratic senators. Yeah. If they cave, we're toast. Yeah. But um, it, what this is this is a huge decision because it's all about religious freedom, freedom of conscience. These are the Catholic adoption agencies who are uh, basically saying a Philadelphia law, which would uh, they picked on them. They said you know they're, they're, they were discriminated against because they could not, on the basis of their Catholic religion uh, uh, put ho- children in homes that are intentionally motherless or intentionally fatherless. That's what homosexual adoption is all about, right? Yep. And so they said, we can't do that, and yet uh, the, the the city of Philadelphia wanted to force them out of, of the adoption business, and that's basically what these pro-homosexual decisions on adoption have done. They forced Christians out of the adoption business so then, of course, this legislation comes along, which would do precisely that. It seeks to force uh, Christian adoption agencies to embrace this uh, ridiculous, unnatural concept of two daddies or two mommies, thereby denying a child uh, intentionally. You know, not, Let's make clear, this is not like single moms, because this is intentionally fatherless, intentionally motherless homes. And so the, the, the radical Democrats, who are now pretty much the homosexuality party, um, the Republicans are the kind of a homosexuality light party. <laughs> yeah. um, they're they're moving fast in that direction. But uh, the Democrats just want to force people to you know they don't care about religious freedom anymore because they place LGBT activism and so-called rights above. The First Amendment and religious freedom.
0: Well, here's a question for you, because when you were saying that something occurred to me. When we make the argument rightly that this is intentionally denying a child one parent, either a mother or a father, here's a twist in that argument, because What happens when polyamorous couples come along and say, we want to adopt a baby from one of these Christian adoption or foster care agencies, and there are males and females, so they'll get a mother, they'll get a couple mothers or maybe a couple of fathers. What it needs to be about, it seems to me, is the sexual immorality in the household. And I guess that's just off limits. You can't talk about sexual immorality in a household, and that's the main reason. But we know that that's the main reason. You know what I'm saying? But but, Janet, love is love. Oh, keep you forgetting. Golly, you gotta get out of the. I gotta go get, to the get the my 50s, bath really well. I know. But you're, you make a great
1: point. Number one, polyamory is the next. Uh, whatever you call it orientation there uh, newsweek just did an article uh, by some polyamory activist that's we're talking multiple partner unions they they call so you're absolutely right you couldn't talk about sexual immorality before so how can you talk about sexual immorality with regard to the poly polyamory right. which is uh you know, and, of course, they're next, and we know that the LGBTQIAAP you – know, give me as many letters as you can – how can they, quote, discriminate against the polys, the polyamorous, because they're a movement that was founded on sexual deviance. And so now you're seeing – we saw, uh, I think, a city in Massachusetts took the first step to normalizing polyamorous couples, Janet, I predict we're going to see polyamorous, which is polygamy kind of on steroids, polyamorous so-called couples are going to go to the Supreme Court and defend their right to marry. And how can we deny them the right to marry if love is love? why does the number of partners make a difference? And you're you're so right. Nobody thinks these things through. So many Christians are too wedded to the media and to the, the sort of the zeitgeist of this age, instead of looking to the Word of God and seeing how this whole edifice is built on sand, on, yeah. on sin. The whole LGBTQIAAP entire thing is built on sin. Um, you know, the, the transgenders they they want to change sex. Well, the homosexual said, "Hey, wait a minute. Why do I have to? Have, why can't I be sexually attracted to my own my own sex? It's all related, and that's how we have to see it."
0: Also, can you imagine the chaos that would ensue if you allowed polyamorous uh, couples or or groups, I should say, to adopt and then they all broke up? I mean, think about this for a moment. You have a guy, two guys and three girls. Let's just do that. This is gross, I know. But let's just think this through. You have two guys and three girls and they adopt a baby. And two of the people peel off, but they still want custody. And then another one leaves and they want custody and they get new polyamorous unions. Now you have a kid who's going to be shuffled around to seven households. For joint custody? I mean, think about that. I I know that sounds insane, but what was insane five years ago is reality today. Just think about what's insane today. It's going to be reality in five years.
1: Yeah, and and Janet, don't forget it's already chaos when you've got, let's say, two dads, so-called, get divorced? Oh, I have I have custody with my one dad this weekend and with my other dad next weekend. I mean, it's taking divorce, which is already you know so, so so sad and abhorrent. We we don't like divorce, and now you're having divorce among a deviant homosexual parenting situation. Of and you're absolutely right; it will happen because the media is not going to take on polyamory is going to happen, and I, I, I legal rights for polyamory is unless Christians rise up and stop it. It will happen because this is a movement that can't say no, and the legal and media and institutional structures are all wedded to LGBTQ, and so they won't be able to say no either.
0: I don't even want to be around to see all of this. I know we probably will be, and it's the Lord's will if we are around to see it. But but it is easy to despair. And I think what you said earlier is so right on when you said, Peter, I need to pray more and worry less. Boy, don't we all. I know I do. I need to, you know, that was and like. Also- yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and also I—I I was just—I put on top of my Twitter feed. I just moved it, but it was—I put Laura Perry's story. She was transgender. Yes. She, she had a top operation. Yep. She got radically, radically saved through Jesus Christ, and now she's witnessing to the truth, and she rejects the whole lifestyle. We need to raise up those stories and tell people how. Every day, people are getting saved out of the homosexual and transgender lifestyles.
0: Well, and maybe this is a tactic that more Christians can take is to evangelize. This is an unreached people group in many ways. I mean, when you think about the people who are in the homosexual lifestyle or the transgender lifestyle, the the gay community, and they have this idea that Christians are haters and and judgmental and rude and mean and all this kind of stuff. You know, it really does matter when you hear the testimonies of these ex-gays that Christians will interact with them and say, you know, listen, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. But Jesus Christ gives us hope. I mean, there is hope for you to be redeemed and to be restored and to be renewed and to be transformed and delivered from your sin. This is a reality. And I think if we live that reality a little bit more in our own lives, we'd be more effective probably in our evangelism of people who are struggling.
1: Absolutely, and I think we need to love them with the radical love of Jesus, which I'm constantly repenting I need to do more of. Uh, But on the other hand, we cannot compromise on God's truth at all. And the problem is some people think in order to to show love, you have to compromise on truth. No, you you stay with the truth always, but you always love people enough to share them the truth of God, the gospel, because that is the most effective way that people change, is getting saved.
0: Well that's right and you think about all the Christians throughout history who have had to stand firm at very trying times in their own cultures in their own nations in their own churches and they wouldn't compromise who are the people we remember in church history they were the ones who wouldn't compromise they might have come to the end of their lives and felt like failures you know you think of Charles Spurgeon and the downgrade the spiritual downgrade of his day and he died and he was very discouraged but we don't remember his opponents we remember him we remember the Christians who st- Stood firm against the culture because they would not compromise on the Word of God. And the Lord honors those testimonies. It's not that we want to go down in history, necessarily. It's just that standing firm on the, your convictions based on biblical truth is the right thing to do in every situation, in every month, under every circumstance. And if we really embrace that, I think we would have more courage to stand.
1: Absolutely. Well said. Uh, we, you know, it's not a big deal to say that homosexual behavior is sin. Right. And that any and it's not the basis for a healthy identity. I don't think any but God does not want people to embrace a gay identity. How can you have an identity that is rooted in behavior that God condemns? And so yeah. speak the truth. Speak it in love if you don't if you don't have the courage, uh, pray and, and say God, can you help me reach out to anybody who's got an LGBT connection because it's also not just the people themselves, the family members. Yes, don't forget a lot of these right. transgender youth who've been gone down the wrong path. yeah, their parents encouraged it.
0: You know what? You're so right about that, Peter. We need to pray for these dear souls whom Jesus died for. It's very important. Peter Labarba check him out americansfortruth.com. dot com. Always appreciate talking to you, Peter. Thanks a lot for being with us again. Thanks for all you do, Janet. God bless. Yeah, you too. Take care. Thank you for listening to Janet Mefford today. We really appreciate you tuning in each and every day. Hope you can do so next time. God bless you.